What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I'm looking ahead to one fight night 17. Um, the last of the uh, big one championship uh, fight night cards of the year. They have uh, a few of the, the Lumpini shows uh, coming up uh, as well, and they, they also have a couple of shows already announced for, for next year. Unlike most places, I suppose, aside from the UFC, we have a few dates, we have a few things to, uh, to look forward to with one championship, but I'm here to concentrate on uh, one fight night seventeen today, but also I have another couple of couple of things to talk about just before we uh, we get into it. So this is a, a full Muay Thai card, and usually I'm here doing the MMA, but there's a few names we've seen on some past cards, and I got through uh, some of the Muay Thai fights here and and uh, give a, a breakdown, I suppose, on them. But there's a couple of bits of news now. I will have a one championship year in review towards the uh, the end of the year, so look forward to that. And I will look ahead to next year as well, as I will with the other ones. If you saw any of my uh, uh, year in review shows last year, you'll know what to expect from that. So we'll talk more about maybe the future of one championship and the last year of one championship in that. But there's two things I just wanted to touch on here quickly. Um, um, Chatter Sigiton did an interview with um, a news outlet, I believe it was in uh, in China. Um, I think it was called South China News, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just, I have it, I had it up here in front of me two seconds ago, so let me just uh, find it again. Uh, South China Morning Post, that's what the, the, the place is called. And he said they'll be going more back into MMA next year. Now, I've obviously I've covered all the big one championship cards of the year and I've really enjoyed as I've mentioned multiple times the uh, mix I suppose of MMA Muay Thai um, um, uh, kickboxing and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu but there was a kind of a feeling out there from a lot of people I didn't really feel up until this card now let's say but that they weren't doing enough MMA um and I, I, I suppose looking back at it, I can understand that, especially looking at this card where there's no MMA. That's definitely fair. And it seems like Chattery's kind of listened to that and has decided to do more MMA next year. Talks about other plans as well, which we'll get into, uh, in, I suppose, in that other show. But, you know, uh, going into Japan, doing a show in Qatar. They're talking as well about going to Europe and going to the Middle East uh, um, more as well. So that's exciting times. But I, I suppose the most exciting thing for me here doing the previews and the people who listen to previews is more MMA fights and getting more uh, MMA uh, in one championship next year. And we, it's not like that we've had, you know, a lack of MMA or anything worldwide or even in one championship. You know, there's been, been some very good uh, MMA fights, but it's good to hear that, you know, the strategy going forward is still MMA and that, you know, it's not going to be all my tire. It's not going to be all kickboxing or anything like that. So that is very good for MMA fighters out there they'll have another place you know we just lost one place where people could go because of obviously the Bellator and PFL uh, have aligned and, and um, merged so to have somewhere like one where you know Demetrius Johnson uh, is and has been for the last few years or and Eddie Alvarez was or Roberto Soldic was able to go and other people in places uh, as well is uh, is fantastic and when I, when I say people in places I mean fighters and places I mean you know, maybe they'll come to Dublin you know maybe they'll go to London Maybe they, you know, they're obviously doing extra shows in America, and that's great for the fans. It's great for, I suppose, the the, the sport worldwide. And uh, you know, also, we, I suppose I must say that the best. <laughs> sometimes we lay out plans um, in in MMA, whether it's me covering it or our fighters, our promotions, and and they don't necessarily happen. You know, we heard Mike Hogan talking about him this week. He reckons it's you know one championship aren't uh, are going to struggle over the next year and stuff, and. 
when we heard, I suppose, the same happening with Bellator, I think a lot of people are like, oh, no. And I, I suppose uh, I'd be the same. I would hope that's not the case. I would hope that they survive. I hope they get an extra round of funding or, or become profitable. I think Chattery was talking about becoming profitable as well. So you never know, you know, you never know the truth of all these things, I suppose. But at the end of the day, and maybe that's a, a better discussion for the business podcast, but as me, as someone who loves mixed martial arts and combat sports, I I would hope they all survive. I hope we can we can go forward and have more fights and have good fights because I think the probably the best thing you could say about one championship is their matchmaking is like I think pretty good. You know they always put on uh, fights that I wouldn't complain about, and that's rare enough. <laughs> you know I love a bit of complaining about certain fights, and even like I you know thinking about fights happening over the last couple of weeks or over the next few weeks or uh, you know the last couple of weeks mostly because obviously we're coming up to uh, the holiday season here. Um, it's not always the case, you know, and I do think one championship do a good job of that because you know the small enough MMA roster, I suppose they have signed a lot of lads at the same level, so maybe it's 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 not that it's easier; it's probably wiser the way they have actually put their um uh, their squad together, I suppose. So very interesting. We'll see what happens with that. The other one thing I wanted to mention is just a fun matchup, and that's Sage Narcot in Shinya Aoki. Now. Um, I think it's I think it's official. I saw I'm pretty sure I saw one championship talking about it. I saw a lot of people talking about it. And that's the type of matchup I think that will get fans involved. Like, you know, the 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 I, I maybe the casual is the wrong word, but the the hardcore MMA fan that has a lot of MMA to watch will watch that. You know, and it's not always possible to tune in to see one or to see PFL or Bellator or Cage Wars or even, you know, some of the UFC uh, smaller cards or, or prelims or whatever these times. You know, sometimes you need something special. And I like fights like that. I really do because you put on that fight and it's, you know, it's it's an interesting, fun fight. I, I like it, right? Um, but then, you know, you put Mexican on the card. Or you get solid at Johnny's comeback. You, you know, I don't know if Christian Lee. Um, you know, there, there's talks of him coming back to to fight uh, again. Uh, I think in that article he even talks about him coming back to fight, or maybe Stamp is on the card. You know, and you get people into it, and that's how you get them going. So I think it's it's good. You know that they're putting on fights like that, more MMA fights, and push the MMA people that they have because they have some very good people there. So, um, yeah, that's that. I suppose from the the kind of the the news from my side of it, but <laughs> I think also another thing, one championship have a lot of cards over the next while, as I, as I just mentioned, and I think that is a massive benefit for them too because. There isn't, like, I, I, I'm very scheduled and look at my schedule all the time, but there isn't that much MMA combat sports on with the, you know, with the bigger organizations over uh, over the next while. Like, to have this card is on, on December the 8th. Then they have one on the 15th, another one on the 22nd. So, like, right up until uh, before Christmas, and then they're back on January the 12th. So they're only away for, what, two, two and a half, three weeks there. They have a card again on, on the 28th, and then they already have dates announced for February, but there might be more, you know, uh, in between that as well. So, you know, that's, that is that is a gap in the market to fill for sure. It felt like there used to be more cards 
at this time of the year and I'm not necessarily even advocating for more cars at this time of the year but it just feels like there's a little bit less and maybe there's something to do with um, you know with, with Bellator obviously and, and PFL joining together but also you know Cage Warriors used to do the end of the year card racing as well um, and obviously Cage I'm not, I'm not sure in racing actually I'll have to look that up but Cage Warriors aren't doing it this year either and they have you know one more card and then uh, that's that for them and, until the start of next year so you know, I think there's a chance that there's three cards for one championship where, you know, most people apart from, I suppose, the UFC only are, are not doing cards there. So that's a bit of, of an advantage for them. But let's get into the biggest one. Friday, the 8th of December, uh, one on uh, one fight night, 17, one on Prime, 17 um, in the US and Canada. And you can watch it on, uh, I, I think it's, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube here in Ireland and the UK. But check out the one championship website as well uh, for... Uh, the uh, listings of, of one fight night seventeen, I I've wa- watched I watched it a whole load of my time over the last couple of days to prepare for this, and you know what? There are there's some very fun fights in this, but there are also some fun characters, and I want to start with a guy uh, in the in the comment event, uh, Luke Lacy Lacy Lacy. I've I I knew I I've been pra- I've practicing that word for the last week because uh, I was I was supposed to interview him it didn't happen maybe, maybe it'll happen by the time this happens but I, I watched a good few of his fights and his opponent John Atwood as well uh, but Luke Lisi a very interesting character you know his dad was um, and still is a big you know Muay Thai um, uh, coach and he owns his own gym and he kind of started it by himself and was there, there's a great documentary actually on, on Luke's on uh, YouTube about him I'd encourage anyone to watch it it's only like, like eight or nine minutes and it's more of like an interview but they explain uh i suppose his his dad's life and everything like that and it's 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 really heartfelt and it's a really cool story you know where his dad came from and how he became you know the the, the leading guy in in uh, in that area uh with, with my time and how his son has become you know his protege in a lot of ways but also like a really talented guy watching some of his fights he's he is a very talented guy and he's got the nickname the chef uh because he feeds the lads teeps to the face and uh you know he deserves that but this is his first big fight on you know american uh, i suppose american streaming to an american audience but also you know, over uh, outside of America, you know, over uh, this this card is happening in uh, uh, in Bangkok, Thailand. So a big opportunity for him, you know, a Thai boxer to go over to Thailand and have a big fight, and you know, the the place I suppose where it all began for uh, for his uh, dad, his family business, and what he's doing himself as well. And the fight itself, like John Hadawood is a, is a good guy. He's been around, you know, for uh, I suppose for a, a long time now, and. Uh, um, it's it's a big test to put him into, I suppose, straight away. Uh, he has been in there with, with a, a lot of guys like Tuan Shai, if you know, kickboxing against him, but uh, kickboxing against the likes of Alazov as well. And you know, he's he's been fighting in you know in the likes of lion fights, but also won championship for a good few years now between both Muay Thai and um, and kickboxing. You know, so. Like you, you watch his game and you think power, you think accuracy, you think waiting for kind of that one shot to land. And there's a there's a few fighters like that on this card, whereas uh, Lisi is more of kind of like the the rhythm, you know, teeth to the face, low kick combination, but like 
picked combination from the outside type of fighter and it's a very very interesting matchup like you look at it and you just I, I've like as someone who's you know a, a neophile I suppose to, to the Muay Thai game over the last few years watching it um, I'm very interested to see like the level that Luke Lisi has been fighting at and how it holds up to the level that Joe Nadawood has fought at like Sometimes you're fighting at a level and you're winning and you look good, but are you actually that good? Sometimes you're fighting at the exact same level, you're winning, and you are actually that good. You take to another level and you destroy everyone there too. Like, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I don't know what's going to happen here with Luke Lisi, but I think it's a very tough test against John Atterwood. Um, I'd I'd love to see the betting odds for this. I'm going to go, I'll give you my picks here for some of these now. Feel free to ignore my my picks there, but people always want my picks. I'm going to go for Joe on that one, but a very interesting matchup and almost one. You know, if you're after a betting pick or anything like that, I'd almost avoid it to see how Luke actually, uh, first of all, how he deals with the pressure, and second of all, how he deals with the step up, I suppose, uh, in opponent and the step up in in quality as well. Now, you know, he's fought some really really good guys in um, in the states, and I believe he's an American champion as well. So definitely, um, you know, definitely a fight to watch out for and a matchup to watch out for um, and you know a possible star as well I suppose to uh, to watch out for um, yeah and that's that's that one so let's talk about the, the main event Roman Grilia versus Alex Roberts and it's two big men two real 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 big men um you know, sometimes you watch fights and go, oh, what weight class are they? There's no mistake in this one. What weight, what weight class these are? These boys are heavyweights. Um, and again, it's it's a little bit of, I suppose, a step up for uh, for Alex Roberts, who is coming out of Australia, I believe. And a lot of his fights I've seen on, on YouTube and places are kind of in smaller places, you know, not on the big stage, whereas, you know, you look up Roman Crilly and the first thing you see is him with the one championship belt now in kickboxing. Uh, he has won that. He was in there. Uh, he's fought some, you know, some really good guys. Uh, is as poor last time out. Fought Guto uh, in Asinche, um as well. Very recently, those were his last two fights, in fact, both uh, in, uh, in 2022, coming back for the first time in 2023. So he was out for a while, but he is an absolute beast of a fighter altogether. Um, just, and you know, it's more a kickboxing style from this is a Muay Thai fight, but it's more a kickboxing style than uh, a mix, uh, sorry, an, uh, uh, a Muay Thai style or an MMA style, if you want to put it that way. Just an insane chin that as his poor fight, he nearly got knocked out, but he came back and he just, he uses... He uses what he has so well. What is he? He's a big, tall guy, and he uses that height really well. But you know what he, he does really well as well? He uses his speed. He This guy is a proper athlete, really fast for his size. Um, he throws combinations at a, a speed. for a, It looks unnatural, right? He is so big and so tall and so fast. It just doesn't look right. And if you're an opponent of his, it must be ridiculous to actually be in there with a guy like him who can throw at the level he throws at. But he's a guy who likes to come forward and use that lint or keep you within that lint. The real key here is to not allow him to use that lint and not allow him to use the speed in the center either. 
that is very much uh, easier said than done because like he not only uses the height well I suppose at distance um, because like when he throws those speed shots he is throwing them at a place where he can land them in close where it's not close for you but he also uses the height well because he catches you in a in a, a clinch and throws those knees right up through the middle or he throws, throws those kind of close knees or the jump knees inside really 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 good Roberts at the other hand then uh, is just big and strong you know he I'd say if you were to have him lifting weights and stuff Robert, Roberts would outlift him um, he loves his lead left hook it's his main shot lovely counter right as well and I think it's it's kind of clear watching a few of his fights that's that's kind of the A game for him if you're leading you're attacking your left hook first if you're going back and someone's coming at you you're counter right Um and they both work very, very well. Now, he isn't as fast, um, or maybe he isn't as as technical. Now, not to say he's not a technical fighter. He absolutely is. If you're fighting at this level, you're going to be a technical fighter. But again, this seems like it's a big step up for him. Now, I'm no expert in Australian Muay Thai or anything like that. I don't know how good the level is, but it did seem like it is a big step up for him fighting one of the best guys in the world. In my opinion, what he needs to do is impose that strength push him against the, uh, I believe it's it's going to be a ring and not a cage, so push him against it make it tough and make it so he cannot get off those fast shots early make it so he's in the second round, he's breathing heavy and you can give a bit of space to him because you can afford to fight with him now because you've taken away a bit of the speed and the speed advantage more uh, you know, more uh, I suppose importantly than the actual speed itself uh, that's what he needs to do in my opinion and then land that big shot uh, I don't think he will though I think Krillia is is the superior fighter here I think he will land those big shots inside just, like he just cannot expose that chin early if he's learned anything from the last fight don't give Roberts a chance land your shots pick your moments necessarily not even pick your moments just pick your distances because like Sometimes he just comes in too much for a guy who doesn't need to come in that much, the size of him. So pick that, get get to a place where you are going to win the fight and make hay. And uh, I think he will win, and uh, I think he'll probably get the knockout there. So that's my pick for that. Um, there's a few other fights I want to touch on as well. Um, I'll run through a couple of them quickly, but there are a few <coughs> I will look at in more detail. And Bantamweight Muay Thai fight, um, uh, Simapet against uh, Felipe Lobo. Um, Lobo, very, I, I would describe him as a rhythmic fighter. Quick with his combos. Um, he, he kind of, he reminds me a little bit of an MMA fighter fighting Muay Thai or, or the other way around. Uh, if you, uh, yeah, an MMA fighter fighting a Muay Thai style. Um, he's, he's very technical, but he's, it's, uh, uh, you know, you see a lot of kicks in Muay Thai, obviously. I think he fights mostly with his hands and he's kind of like, you know, a little bit of hand fighting, a little bit of like, you know, the John Jones hand up type of thing um, where he is parking the distance and then attacking after that. Um, very quick, as I mentioned, with those combos. And he's the type of guy who's going to make it very difficult on you if you get into that sort of boxing battle with him. Um but it's a little bit different uh, on Friday night because he's fighting Simapet, who's a southpaw, and who also kind of looks for that one shot inside. Now, as I mentioned with Lobo, he's the combos, but 
they're, they're similar in that, and I think Sim a bit more so. He's slow until he's fast, right? Um, he kind of waits and waits and waits, and then boom, boom, boom. Um, but I think Simipet has a little bit of an advantage in speed, and he's what, the the most important thing I think he has is the confidence in his ability to land that shot. You know, some people are like, you know, they get two minutes, three minutes, ten minutes into a fight, and obviously this is only a nine minute fight, but you get what I mean. Uh, and they they panic, right? They're like. You know, it's almost the opposite of Yoel Romero who'll spend 25 minutes waiting to throw the shot and never does throw it. Like, sometimes people will throw the shot before it's time to throw the shot. And that is the wrong thing to do. Simiped is not that. You know, he will wait. <laughs> he will throw the shot when it needs to be thrown. And, you know, he is he is really good at it, to be honest. Like, he is really good. And the, the southpaw stance as well is a big advantage to him. I saw him... I, I, I watched a couple of these fights. One, he fought a fellow Southpaw, and one, he fought an Orthodox fighter. And the advantage he has against an Orthodox fighter, you know, is is a lot. It really, really, really is. Um, just the way he can kick, like, he can kick that lead leg as well in a place that kind of is tougher for the Orthodox fighter to kick the leg. And you know what? I'm not too sure why, but it just seems to be that way. But, um, yeah, I think Simipet will win this one. I think that power, uh, I think he'll be able to avoid the combos because he's defensively very good as well. And uh, I like him to land that shot. Maybe get the finish or maybe just win a few rounds with, with the power. Um, there's Lightweight Mai Tai fight in. Dmitry Minishkov against um, uh, Chaffee. Uh, Mushin Shafi, uh, Dimitri, you know, he's been in there at a very top level against Regan Ersel. Very calm, very good jab. Does start a bit slow, though. You know, I've watched a couple of his fights and never mentioned it uh, on board of them that he kind of is a bit of a slow starter. Chaffee then is the opposite. You know, he's not the most technical guy. He's probably, the, in fact, he's probably the least technical guy of all these guys in the card that I watched. But that doesn't mean he's not a good fighter. He's an offensive beast, really good chin, and he will force Dimitri to fight. Um, but it almost feels like the matchmaking here is to force Dimitri to fight. Uh, I think Dimitri is a better fighter. Better fighters don't always win, though. You know, the guy uh, who wins sometimes is the guy, as we saw with Nicholas Dalby a few weeks ago, the guy who will put it on you, the guy who will work to a pace, the guy with the better cardio and the, the better heart. Now, does he have a better heart and better cardio than Alden Dimitri? Well, we will find out. Uh, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the... The the uh, the technique though, and I'm gonna go with Dmitry Minishkov to win that one. Um, fight I'm really looking forward. To. I think maybe the fight I'm looking forward to the most in this card is a flyweight Muay Thai fight between Walter Goncalves and Jacob Smith. Um, Goncalves is one of those guys where he is a, f- a flawed fighter who you just love watching. You know, a Diego Sanchez back in the day, or even a, even a Justin Gaethje at a very high level or something like that. Just so aggressive. Something I haven't seen a lot in Muay Thai. He switches stances in a kind of like a, a you know, there's a lot of switching stances in a Muay Thai in like in, in close, whereas he does it as like a tactic out far, you know, and he's really, really good at it. Vicious leg kicks, throws combos um, all the time. But it, it, he's interesting, like all of us. He throws combos, but it almost always feels like he has that one shot in mind, you know? So if he throws the one, two, three, four, it's actually the three he's looking for. So one, two, and four are not the hardest, but three is hard, you know? He's one of those, and that's smart. Now, when you fight that sort of rhythm, 
Um, and when you fight very aggressively at the start, and maybe you know, maybe you're only throwing one of the four shots at 100, percent but you're probably you know you're probably throwing 50 more shots than your opponent would. You, you, cardio could be an issue with that. Now, will it? You know, over nine minutes, who knows? But fighting that pace is going to be tough, especially against someone uh, as good as Smith. You know, you saw against Superlek the I suppose the amount of shots he throws kind of went against him or super like kind of with that elbow right up through the middle and he's I think he's less maybe of a, a straight up Mai Tai guy than most of the people what we see here um, and I think he fights more of like that MMA style where it is more about um, uh, high output than variation or picking your shots where Smith on the other hand then I just love his jab. I think he is a beautiful jab. Lovely left hooks. Very powerful upper body. And brave as well. Like he went toe-to-toe with Rod Tang. Throwing shots inside. Um, very left-hand heavy though, I would say. He switches to Southpaw. I mentioned earlier about Goncalves, the way he switches to Southpaw. And Smith is the opposite. The way he switches is kind of like the inside switch. And he throws this kind of fencing left hand and it's kind of I don't know what you would call it, if it's a jab or a backhand but it's like a, it's like neither it's like a middle punch and he kind of he pulls it back as if he's going to switch stances and he just he just you know like you know like fencing where they like on guard you know that where they just catch you it's like it's like that it's very hard to see it coming because you don't know if it's going back to get into a southpaw stance or if it's going forward to turn into a jab and he almost catches you mid-step with it and it's a lovely shot a really 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 lovely shot uh, I find it hard again to pick a winner uh, in this one you look at Goncalves and you think everything he does is so so effective but then you know he gets caught and you know he gets he gets knocked out and it it doesn't always you know it doesn't always end well for him um, and I I wonder will will that be the case again here you know he you know he's he's of his um, you know of his high level fights in in one championship his last four out of five you know Smith has only had that one championship uh, fight against uh, Rod Tang yet, but, you know, he did uh, he did well with that, got, got the decision with Rod Tang, but lost it. This is obviously a big change in um, uh, in in quality here, but I'll go with Smith, but not with any great conviction or anything there. I, I do like his side. I do think he's a better fighter, but Goncalves is, is an absolute animal as well. Um, then we have a very interesting fight between... Um, Edgar Tabarez and Johan uh, Ghazali in the uh, flyweight Muay Thai division. Ghazali is um, uh, a young lad. You know, he's only 17 years of age, I believe. He was, I think he was 16 in his last fight. And um, he is, a re- you know, a very, very, very good fighter. We saw Tabarez uh, fighting recently uh, in with Rod Tang as well, and it didn't go so well for him. You know, he's more of kind of an old school, uh, old school, old school Muay Thai guy. Stands in the center and kind of throws everything from the one spot. Not much in the way of footwork compared to some of the other guys, but loves the spin. Uh, not the most athletic guy in the world, but lots of caged Muay Thai experience, as I said, bringing under Rod Tang. But Johan in on the other side, no feeling out process. Uh, it's almost the opposite. You know, you see a lot of Mai Tai guys, maybe, you know, the first round is that feeling out process. Not with him. But, and when I say the opposite, I mean the opposite. He kind of goes hell for leather and then has the feeling out process after that. Then slows it down a little bit and then starts to grow, starts jabbing more, uh, uh, looks for the high kicks 
and the low kicks as well. Very good kicking at all different distances. Good defensively, Stu. Um, he's a that step in right hand that he throws, but the step out kind of right hand that he throws as well to avoid it. I love that. So what, what I mean by that is right. He's out far, you know, fighting out of the, the South Boston, he comes in with the right hand and he gets straight back out. But when he hits inside, he goes out, in and out again. So like the second, the first one is almost a step in right hand. The second one is a step out right hand. <laughs> you know, even though they're both step in right hands, but you get what, I, I hope you get what I mean. They're, they're almost always in twos and if they aren't in twos, they're not too far apart. Let's put it that way. I, I really like this guy, young guy, you know, <laughs> very, very, very exciting. And, you know, a guy who I think in, in the future could be a potential star for uh, for one championship. He's won all three fights he's had in, in one championship, uh, all in 2023 as well. So big, big opportunity for him. Tabarez, you know, he has held belts in other places before. Um but you know he's lost his couple of fights in in one championship now be knocked out in both of them so um look it's a big opportunity for Ghazali against the guy who's been there and I suppose done it and um you know the the, the type of fight you want when you're a young up and coming guy and we'll uh, I suppose we'll see how that works uh, works out for him so um that's the the major takeaways for me on that card uh, there's a couple of other fights on it as well uh, that there wasn't a whole lot of tape out there on um there is uh, Dennis Purich against Trandignat, uh, and then Elias Badar Barboza uh, against uh, one of the, the Sanshai fighters, Tang Foon. So, um, you know, the, the bits I did see uh, of Purich, a, a good technical fighter, um, uh, against Nyat, who you know, looked, looked to me, <laughs> you know, as a flyweight, very, very speedy. Um, I didn't get a whole. Lord on them or the other two guys either, but you know, you're putting on 125 or 120 pound Mike Dye fights and they're probably going to be fun. So check out them and uh, and tune in for them as well. So we will leave it there. Thank you very much to for tuning in. I hope I did okay with my uh, my Mai Tai breakdowns there, but I'm sure the people in the comment section will let me know anyway. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Sheehan Show. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com and I'll see you all next time. <laughs>